Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Only one person on this call looks really awake. Yes. <laughs> it's not me, folks. <laughs> it's not me either, because it's 5 a.m. Well, 5 a.m. now. <laughs> We're coming in hot and early here. So Yeah. And if you don't know that voice, it's the person we talk about almost every podcast we have joining us today. Celine Yeager. Yay. Happy to be here. So we are actually recording very last minute. Uh, We had a podcast planned and then with some circumstances of the news that broke last week of of Mo's uh, passing, we decided to re-record and we'll release that podcast later on. It's with one of her good friends and we just wanted to honor her time and give her a little space. Uh, But we do want to just take a minute to acknowledge that we've had a really hard tragedy in the community this week. I didn't know Mo personally. I know you did Christy, uh, but just knowing that she was a leader and that people looked up to her, I know something like that impacts the whole community. So we, we do send out our just thoughts to everybody, um, her family and people that loved her. Yeah. It's a hard one. Not, I mean, not that any of these are easy for sure, but uh, you know, I think it's especially First and you know it's at the front of a lot of people's minds because just of most success she's been having on the bike. Um, uh, she's also just an amazing human off the bike. So um, obviously this is super tragic. Um, and like you said, giving giving some of her close friends some time to and space to grieve and and process what happened. Um, we've just decided to go ahead and and uh, pivot a bit. Um, it's a solid pivot having Celine here with us. So um, excited that you're here, Celine. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we all felt sick and shocked and maybe are still feeling sick and shocked. Yeah. So happy to be able to step in and give everybody the space. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get onto our show with Celine. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. 
Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. Okay, well, um, Celine has a big week this week, and I can't believe I didn't think of this when we were like pivoting things with the podcast. <laughs> and I was talking to our podcast editor, Carrie, and she's like, well, you know, Celine's book's coming out Tuesday. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We've been talking about it for so long. It's it's understandable that like, yeah. So people don't know. Uh, well, Celine, you've been on the podcast. You were one of our first three or five guests, I think. And yeah. People know you from the cycling world, but just give them a recap. If they haven't seen you, like, who are you? What did you what's your background in cycling? What is my background in cycling? That's a big <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> I have been a contributing editor to Bicycling Magazine since 1997. Um, so long time bicycling writer. I was their quote unquote resident fit chick. So writing all about the nutrition and the training. And I've sort of gone through every, you know, I spent a lot of years being uh, a professional with a small P mountain bike stage racer. I've raced uh, unbound couple of times I've done a lot of gravel racing at this point. That's what I mostly do because I just started to, you know, I've always liked to do new things. So as new things would come along, I would just sort of pivot and be like, Oh, what's that new discipline. So I'm still, you know, I just did a 75 mile gravel event yesterday in the pine barrens and met some listeners, you know, of both of our podcasts. So it was really fun. Nice. Yeah. That's fun. And then we, uh, we've been working together for like, Almost two years now. Yeah, crazy. And we just met at the gravel festival. <laughs> and so that was really fun. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I forgot we you a, guys hadn't met in person. We had a very late night on the porch, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> right outside of Ella's room. That was fun. And <laughs> did we keep her up? Uh, she said she had a noise make a sound machine. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. She said it sounded like y'all are having fun. <laughs> like we were. <laughs> that was fun. Okay. Well, Celine has the 17th. So the day this podcast comes out, a new book coming out. So, and, and the reason I said it was funny that I didn't even think of it because we have literally been working on this within our feisty stuff, like of this book launch for at least four months. So oh, wow. just, like, I didn't make the connection of, <laughs> of the things. So, uh, so Celine leads our menopause community. So a lot of people listen to our podcast at play.pause and you, um, you wrote the, 
this first book with Dr. Stacey Sims Roar. I know you've told this story a lot, but uh, and people probably heard it on your podcast, but just a little, like very brief. How did you get into writing about this stuff? And why, like, why were you writing about women's physiology? Oh, yeah, no, that's that is a good question. I I mean, I've been a you know, I went to out of school, I was a medical writer. And then I I I worked for very sexy magazines like Infectious Diseases in Children and you know, like stuff that I really didn't want to. I got tired of writing in that medical space and I wanted to do consumer facing stuff. Right. And I applied to Rodale Press that does prevention of women's health and men's health and bicycling many times. And they rejected me a bunch of times. And then a headhunter found me and I got a job at Rodale Press. And that's kind of where all of that happened. And um, I was always on the look, even after I left and was a contributing editor to them. You know, I've had a contract with Rodale for many years. They're now hers. I was always on the look for books, you know, because I'm also I co-author a lot of books and I am a cycling coach. And I was at a uh, coaching summit in 2000. 12, I think it was. And that was when I, I almost blew off the whole thing because it was always the same people like over and over the same dude saying the same thing. Like, yeah, I don't really work with women, but you know, I think that the, maybe they should do this. Like literally it was just, it, there was just no content for women at that time. And my friend, James Herrera, who I was staying with is like, you should go this year to those sessions because my friend, Stacy Sims, has some stuff to say, and she has a really good presentation. And at the time it was hydration and female physiology, right? And I sat in her session and I heard her talk about periods and how they affect your blood plasma and the menstrual cycle. And people like, a lot of times people are kind of checked out and not paying a lot of attention. People are paying a lot of attention to this woman because nobody had ever sat at the USA cycling coaching <laughs> summit talked about periods. Like it just had not ever happened. So like she left the room and as I have explained before, it literally was like the Messiah left. Like people were like following her. Like there was this line of people, everyone got out of their seats and they were following her. It was a very long line to talk to her. And I, the, my first thought is this woman needs a book. That, that's all I could think about is like, I've got to talk to this woman about putting together a book. And when I got to her, I literally said, you need a book and I can help you write it. And she was like, cool. And we, next thing you know, I was out in Fairfax, California, you know, doing motor pacing and hill repeats and peeing on urinalysis sticks and, you know, learning all about the physiology of women. And, and it was, it was fascinating. And then we got roar, you know, I, I put together a proposal and pitched it to Rodale at the, at the time. And they said, yep. And we had a book. It's so funny hearing you tell that story because it's so obvious. Like it's just, you're talking about 50% of the population. Like, yep. and that was, you said 2012. Yeah. So, 10 years ago, they, we, we, we finally get a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, leading into what we're going to talk about today is that at the time, I mean, it was a soup to nuts, women's physiology and training book. Right? It was kind of hard right. to do everything, but it was, you know, barring puberty, it was literally like menstrual cycle, pregnancy, a chapter on menopause, and then like all these other things, like yeah. how, how to perform at altitude and hydration and nutrition. It was very like giant, broad, 
paint roller style, you know, because that's what we were just trying to get across. And it became pretty clear that one chapter of menopause wasn't enough. I was hearing that, but I wasn't there myself yet. And uh, Stacy really wasn't either. And then once I got there myself, I was like, oh, yeah, we should we should do a book on this. And Roar had been selling super well. And it was a very easy sell to the publisher just to be like, you know, we have this idea. Like, yep. So next level was born. So grateful. (laughs) (laughs) So the book comes out tomorrow. And then what what does it cover? Like, what will people will people find in it? It's another very broad brush, but this time on, well, I shouldn't say just a broad brush because she dives very deep into the science of what is happening during menopause. And wow, I, you know, when I, when I was writing this, I just kept thinking, why don't we know this? Like, why don't women know like what estrogen and progesterone do in the body? Why don't we know this? You know, because all of these things you know, I've learned since since writing this that many, many women go to many, many, many different doctors. They'll go to an orthopedics because they have joint pain. They'll go to their OB-GYN because they're having all these vaginal issues. They'll go to like a therapist because they're depressed or anxious or fearful or even suicidal. I mean, like seriously, like all this stuff is happening and Nobody, they, nobody puts this all together and says, oh, you're entering perimenopause. You're in the methods, your hormones are changing. You know, and a lot of times when women will even say now, I think this is related to menopause, doctors are still saying you're too young for that, even though they're in their forties. And that's crazy because this, all these hormonal changes start, start in the forties. I mean, menopause is one day, one point in time. And if you don't track it, you don't even know when that day is, right? Like, like it's all of a sudden you're just like, I think I haven't had my period for a year. Welcome to menopause. But all the other stuff that's happening is leading into that one point in time. And it has a giant impact on women's lives. Do you think, well, I mean, I think, maybe I think this because I've become more aware. Do you think we are truly raising awareness around this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, (laughs) since I started the show, which was 2020 October, menopause has exploded. Like I I, I see it, you know, and I know you get your own echo chambers and that silo builds and that I'm, I'm in it. But just how many people come up to me at events and how many people are saying the words out loud. I mean, there's that would never have happened before. Like none of this would have happened. Men are listening and like, there's no question it's in the wall street journal. It's, Oh, you know, there's like no question. I mean, I think what's important on my part and what I started Mm -hmm. this for is I was already sort of starting to see that with Michelle Obama talking about it, but nobody was talking to active athletic women. Still nobody was talking to them. And it's because we're, even though there are a lot of us, you know, we're, active people in general are a small part of the population, right? Most people don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like generally speaking, there's a wide swath of the population that struggles to exercise. And that's not a criticism, but it is just like, they're not an active performance oriented population. So this Mm -hmm. book, there are many menopause books out there now, but this book is really for this audience. So like we're talking about why, if you're experiencing things like your training isn't working, 
like it used to, here is why, and here is how to adjust it. You know, same with nutrition. So this book is really honed in on that. Yeah. Cause what we found was a lot of the research is done on like a, a population of people that aren't active or they're sick. Yeah. And then uh, like the recommendations are like, I had 120 hours of or 120, right. 120 minutes you should exercise walk. here a week. Yeah. It's like, well, people do that on a Saturday in our community. Totally. <laughs> like literally it's like, it's three hours a week of, of walking level. And if you've done, you know, yes, on a Saturday morning, if you just did a three hour ride, you did it. Well, check, you know, this <laughs> done for the week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got it. And I'm still not quite okay. <laughs> like yeah. that's all I've got to do. No problem. <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing I've loved about working with Selena when we started working with her with Feisty, the big thing we were like, is we don't want any of this. Like everything is terrible. Like life is over these like really negative memes that we see. And like, yes, having empathy and compassion. Cause people's like, some people are having a really, really hard time. And, and some people have hardly any symptoms, right? We're not here to scare right. everybody. <laughs> like, right. 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 Uh, um, but but there's just such a negative connotation. We were like, we're not, we're just going to be like, you keep kicking ass. You just have to totally probably change the way you do things. And, and Right. And, and for a lot of these women who I've heard you in this past year and a half or so, since we've been doing the show and talking about the book, so many of them feel better just understanding, you know, like they, because then they can cope. They're like, okay, I understand like why I'm having this day on, you know, running or on the bike or out there. Like I, I understand it. So then they can just, it, it allows them to at least compartmentalize it and put it somewhere like, okay, like yeah. I'm having this day because of this and I will take these steps, but then they can, they can continue on. And I hear that a lot, like, because other, they don't go down into this rabbit hole of like, what's wrong with me. You know, they understand like what is happening and that, you know, their body is changing and that they can work with that physiology. But in the meantime, they are okay. You know, and they yeah. can, yeah. Well, I mean, especially when you're talking to this community, because we're all used to some sort of training, however right. regimented it is. So it's just a, it's just knowledge. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then if people are listening to this and they're like, I'm way too young for this. Um, you are not. <laughs> the, the average age of menopause, what is it? 51 or 52? Yes. I mean, it, it, it depends what source you say. It's either 51 or 52, yeah. depending on the source you look at, but it can start 10 years ahead of that. Like those changes can yeah. begin. And I think like a lot of times, like for me, I think I was asking my mom, she doesn't remember what age she was, but she thinks she was in her, like around that age. Uh, but I, you know, I was like, I've started to notice little things, like not major, but definitely little things. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, was that having COVID or was that? <laughs> perimenopause uh, is kind of the, the meme that's around everywhere like is it COVID or is it all these other things so um, right. but yeah it was interesting because we just had Amber Neiman on the podcast and she was talking mm-hmm. about she's we're the same age and how she's had to change her nutrition recently um, with racing I was I was listening to that and I kept thinking fructose like that's all I could think of is that um, you know she was talking you need a lot of carbs like now that she's in this space like you need like the fuel you need to do an unbound or, you know, that kind of stuff is a lot. You need to be able to train yourself to take a lot in, but your gut microbiome is changing. And, you know, a lot of times we, be, we become less tolerant to fructose, which is in a lot of 
uh, drinks and, you know, energy foods. So it's, again, just having that little piece of knowledge gives you something to start investigating and maybe start chain, you know, trying, trying in your nutrition and trying in your training, as opposed to just being like, <laughs> okay, I, you know, like things are changing. I don't know where to start. Ugh. Yep. Well, it's, a, it's almost like a, <clears throat> I think sometimes it's almost like the, like a trifecta of things that are all happening at the same time and trying to remove one piece to solve the equation. I'm not putting that right. It's too early and I need another cup of coffee, but <laughs> just the concept of like figuring out what the puzzle is. So yeah. You know, you're, well, and you're, ha- ha- giving, giving pieces having a bunch of clues, you know, like yes. it could be one of these things. Like it's, it's actually really helpful, you yeah. know? And, and I, I have learned, you know, through my own process, like I need to bring the carbohydrates in much more slowly now. Like that is just, ah. you know, so it's more of a drip, 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 as opposed to like aid station, shovel it down. You know I mean? Like my, my fueling has definitely changed and it, it works way better at this point. Like I've, but that was through that kind of an understanding, like, okay, if I'm my gut microbiome is more sensitive and all these things are happening. I like, I need to adjust to that. And that was my starting to adjust to that. Like, let's not, let's, let's tax it as least as possible while I'm out there for 10 hours, you know, and, and that is a good way for me personally to do it. And, you know, I know that works with other women in this demographic, but to your point, like, if you don't know where even to begin, like, where do you begin? Yeah. It was, I, we had kind of just a random note. Uh, Kristen Legan was over hanging out Friday evening and I didn't know this, but she had de- done a bunch of research pre her athletic career on the, on the gut biome. And it was just super interesting, like just under starting to understand how all of that plays a factor in this stuff is just, it's, and we're Incredible. only just beginning that. I to know, understand right? That. Like it's it's big as far as your men- everything, mental health, all of it. Yeah, yeah. gets really important. That's why I just wrote about fiber, which is like, you know, for our newsletter, which is such an unsexy topic, and everyone just sort of glazes over it. But like, I'm just trying to make women understand, like, no, 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 this is really, really, really important on so many levels that you just don't even begin to understand because we, yeah. again, we haven't we just don't learn this stuff and we really need to. Right. Well, we don't approach, <laughs> we don't approach healthcare holistically period. Like period. Yeah. I mean, you talking about how as women, we have all these different doctors and I'm like, well, it's because that's how we're trained. Right. Like from the beginning, it's like you have this doctor for this and this doctor for that. And this doctor over here. And like, none of the doctors are talking to each other. So. Right. Uh, right. And they're not trained yeah. in menopause. Like we learned this no. too. They get like, it's one elective course in med school for menopause. So they're, they're not even, 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 o, even aren't trained in it. Yes. Yes. That is, that was a stunning thing. I like, I can't remember what? the stat it's in the book. It's like 7% of doctors felt qualified after med school yeah. to even talk about it. Like, and that included internal medicine and OBGYN. Like it makes no sense, but it's all about babies and that, <sighs> And that don't even get me started. Oh, like once you're done with the baby, it's like, oh, we don't need to know about you. Like no I can go shit. down that for a long time. Yeah. 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 Think, think about that at your doctor's appointments today. <laughs> <laughs> you need your vagina agent. <laughs> I know. Vagina agent. 
<laughs> we were talking about Christy's <laughs> vagina agent before. Uh, before enough to have Celine in my phone, I can text her <laughs> on behalf of my vagina. Right, and just have me in as vagina agent. But I got to take gonna, this one. I got to take this call. I'm totally gonna change. Celine's name to vagina agent. It's so going. We know the name of this podcast. Um, Celine okay, Hager, your vagina agent. Oh my God. Okay. Well, <laughs> speaking of our vagina agent, so give us some of the, we've been talking about why this is so important, but give us some of the things that women, you know, you're in your forties, you love cycling. Maybe what are some things that you go, Oh, is this perimenopause? Like you start to notice. And then two, like, what are some things that, how are, should we start changing things up so that we can maximize what our body can do for the long term? Right, right. Some ways to know if you're sort of entering this space. And I think it's, I think this is important because I, it's, I often look back and like, I kind of wish I would have known because I felt like I was losing my mind. And I hear that a lot from women. Like if you start having, if you start waking up at two 30 in the morning and feeling like the world is ending, you might be entering perimenopause. Like, because like when estrogen and progesterone start doing that crazy fluctuation, it really affects your brain chemistry, affects a lot of things and it affects your sleep. So that waking up in the middle of the night, obviously, if you are sweating, you know, if you wake up in a pool of sweat, you're definitely, yeah. I mean, you're, that is classic perimenopause. Little, I keep like, raising hot- my hands. That's why I swing, <laughs> swing yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the anxiety was you know, I'm, I'm, I always have a bit of a catastrophic thinking personality, but it went next level, you know, when I hit like my mid forties and I just chalked it up like so many people would to life, you know, to my daughter's getting older, my parents are like all this stuff that's happening also in midlife. I'm like, it must just be that. But looking back on it now, I'm like, now I understand like where that was coming from and other stuff can start popping up too. That is very like the joint pain, heart palpitations. Like we're really in touch with ourselves. So if you start feeling not like yourself, you know, like it, it is worth investigating like, Oh, maybe because your hormones, you have estrogen progesterone receptors on like every cell of your body, you know, brain fog is another one. Like if you start feeling not like yourself and you're in your mid forties, I mean, not everything is menopause. You should always look at other things like something else could be going on, but trust yourself. I mean, I think that's the really big message, like trust yourself and knowing that okay, like I am not feeling like myself. I like something is off and chances are good. Like if you have any of those classic things that it is a menopausal transition symptom, you know, that that's what you're feeling. And then, you know, just, before, okay. Before you get ahead. to that though, I just didn't want to, sorry to interrupt, but um, yeah, no it, it like what is hard there is what we've learned is like blood tests don't necessarily like you can't go to your doctor and be like, give me a blood test to see if I'm a perimenopause because your hormones are fluctuating. Right. Thank you. So they could be that. one place one day and another place. And so it's really, it's hard. Like you really, like you said, you have to learn to trust your body. Yeah. It is a symptom right. thing. I mean, they don't, people will take a lot of your money to do, to do tests. And we talk about that in the book and it, it, that information is out there. Like, oh, 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 oh. Tests for perimenopause are a waste of your resources because as Catherine mentioned, like I could go in at two o'clock in the afternoon and have a different result than the next morning or even a few hours later. The, 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 your hormone levels change very, uh, very rapidly, you know, and they're, they're not predictable that way. They can do some tests to see like where you are, you know, they do some tests 
that tests your, I can't pronounce it, but it's a hormone that goes with your uh, follicular stimulation, you know, like where your eggs are. They can do some tests to see how close you are to menopause if you get there, but really it's symptomology. Like when you go to your doctor and you can say, I have this, this, and this, and you can even download a chart from menopause.org. We have one in our book. Like these are all these symptoms and they all seem to be related to this thing. You know, like let's, let's talk about this thing that that I've called the menopause transition. So that would be my, and then if that doctor says, I didn't study menopause, (laughs) find another doctor, seriously, go to menopause.org. Look at your zip code. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a list of menopause practitioners there. And it could be like, there's many in my town that are, that are general practitioners who have taken that next level because they want Mm -hmm. to work with women. Right. And they, have educated themselves about menopause. So you can go in and have this discussion with somebody who has intentionally educated themselves to work with you. It's groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super, it, it actually, it actually really is. And there's many things you can do. I mean, hormone therapy is one piece of that. Some yeah. women do brilliantly on it and some women don't. And I think that's important to know too. Like, and a lot of circles, it's sort of getting pushed as the panacea. And, you know, definitely I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to villainize it because it was unfairly villainized for too long. But I also am very cautious about this fountain of youth panacea narrative that's emerging too, because that's not true either. And then right. I hear from all these women in our socials that are having some worse symptoms or having more, pro- you know, and they expected it to, to, quote unquote, fix them or make everything better, but they're hormones and everybody responds to hormones different and they're not like your native hormones. And it depends on how many receptors you have for those hormones. Like there's a big equation as to what you need and how it's going to work for you. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, going down that route, is just understanding that it is one piece and it can take some trial error and it, it's not going to work the same way for everybody. But in the mean, you know, in the meantime, there's a lot of like training. I mean, that's what this book is all about. Like we're Stacy spent all those years, Dr. Stacy Sims studying like, okay, if the hormones are no longer doing this thing, what's another way to do that thing? Like make muscle, like take care of your brain fog, keep your high end aerobic capacity, you know, all those things. Like how can I pick up where my hormones have left off? And that's really where we tightly focus this book. Love it. So give us some of the broad strokes, like people, Mm -hmm. lots of people, they just love to go out and ride their bike. That's their primary source of exercise. Me too. Love the, love the long, just being out there for a long time. Uh, And then all of a sudden things are just like not feeling good anymore. What, what are things that we should be looking at making tweaks to? Yeah. And I can speak to this personally because I personally fought this advice, (laughs) you know, Stacey kept telling me you need to change things. And I just did like one ear and it just sailed right out the other. Like I didn't want to hear it, you know, because all I wanted to do was ride lots, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes ride hard and it just wasn't working anymore. You know, my body composition was changing. I didn't have the same power. It was really frustrating. And I finally listened to her and I started lifting heavy, you know, which is something that I had not ever done. I had lifted on and off through my life, but I never had to lift really before. I was a very muscular woman. And once I started lifting heavy, I felt light years better, like very quickly and started, you know, taking, I didn't need that volume anymore. And it was really hard for me to understand that. Like I need that volume. I need that volume, but I really don't. And I do better without it. I do better with like 
more intensity and more super, super duper easy days, which was also really hard for me to like wrap my head around because I didn't want to do that either. But like doing that more polarized, like hit it really hard and then really back off, you know, and there's there's room like, of course, if you're going to do a 200 mile day, you need some long days in that saddle, but not as many as you think. Like people like to just pile on that volume and it's counterproductive because you get more cortisol, you get more tired, you get more fatigued. It's not good for it's really not it's not serving you um, the same way as maybe it did when you were, you know. 38 even, you know, it's just, it's, it's a different, your physiology is different and women are built for endurance, you know, like trust that, trust it, trust all that stuff. And, uh, it really worked. I mean, I feel so much better, but I mean, I, I am the classic case of that. Like I really did fight that. Um, and it's been great because it does open up my life now to do other, like I do other things, (laughs) you know, than spend 20 hours a week riding my bike. Um, you know, I still love a long ride here and there, but I don't feel that pressure to pile on volume day in and day out. But that was a, it was a, I want, it was a learning curve. You know, it definitely was even for myself. I think that's been the big thing for me. It's just that, just that it's opened up. It's opened up other activities. I have room for all these activities now. You're knitting, you're knitting, painting, you're painting during the pandemic. Yeah. I have one of your panels. It's, it's hanging. You're one of your octopuses that you painted oh, me. It's hanging in my office. <laughs> oh, God. That was a phase. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, kind of good news for women that are interested in some of the longer gravel stuff, though, because you don't have to train as much for the long stuff. We're yeah. naturally more endurant. And if you start lifting heavy, you're going to be better. At, like, you're going to get a lot of that power you need for the long, the climbing and the long hills. <laughs> Especially on gravel. Like I feel it a lot. Like stuff is steep, but like that, that one hill Mm -hmm. down in Bentonville, um, uh, that was definitely a 20 some percent grade and you need that. You need every muscle fiber (laughs) that you can recruit. And that's what, you know, that's what lifting heavy is for. And it also helps manage all that other stuff like insulin resistance and all the, you know, all the stuff that can happen, you know, over time and with the hormonal changes. It's just been fun to add that, add lifting into my routine regularly, period. And the, the consistency with it has been where I've really seen the gains, you know, not understanding that this is something that's part of my life now. Like this is, this is part of what I do during the week to stay strong and, and be healthy. And, you know, after doing it for a year and a half, like, I'm like, yeah, I like, I look forward to it very much. Totally. And it really helps with body image at this point in life. Like a lot of women struggle with that a lot in the menopause transition and honing in on like how strong you are and how strong you can be. Like there's a really good thing that happens mentally with that. You know, when you, you pick up some something heavy and you can feel the power in your body, they can see what your body can do. You know, I just like, we didn't talk about plyometrics, but that's another thing that is, you know, pretty important, you know, at this time for bone health. And it also helps like epigenic changes. Like Stacy can talk to that all day. Like it's, it's a lot of really good things happen with your muscles when you force them to produce power quickly. And, you know, I got out, I did a little video. Um, I, I, got out my, video. <laughs> I got out my, I have a plyometric box and I did some 24 and I knew I had a 30 inch jump in me. It's been a while. It's been a minute. And I did put it there do? and 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that I, what, is, was it thirty on the video? That was thirty. Okay. Wow. That's a big ass box. Like I, I sat a, there. I was like, you cannot. I, I literally was like, oh god, oh god. And I did it. Okay, but yeah. like that, I was just like, hell yeah, you know. And that that was really good for me psychologically. I don't think I've ever had a thirty inch jump in me. So <laughs> this white girl can't jump. <clears throat> that's like half your size, though. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not tall, but you're. Yeah, you're. Yeah, we're about the same height, aren't we, Celine? How tall are you? I'm a little taller, I think, than you. Are you? Are you like just five, a little? Six? No, I, I wish. Um, I'm five five, sort of barely five four or three quarters. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm where, not that's a, where I'm at. I'm five four ish, five five ish, right in there. I think we're about the same. I, yeah, that jump was impressive to me. It's, like, yes. it's just funny because I'm like, well, 30 inches. That doesn't sound that high. <laughs> My legs are so much longer. <laughs> Christy just gave me a wave. <laughs> <laughs> one that's only in the middle. <laughs> uh, well, the, I would love for you, uh, Celine, <laughs> to oh. talk a little bit about the mindset too, though, because I think that's one of the big things that we see in the group is people like, uh, we have a free hit play not pause Facebook community that people ask each other questions, but sometimes it's really hard, like seeing, you know, just me- like people's bodies are changing and how hard that is emotionally. And, and there is some research even with that mindset does help with the transition. Yeah, no, that's a, and I have no magic bullet there. I have no magic pill, you know, that to sort of make all that go away or to make you to make it easier necessarily. But mindset is huge. Like even how, you know, there's been lots of good research that that having a more um, positive and inquisitive mindset decreases how your symptomology, and that makes sense. Like because it's not all in your head. But if you are stressed out, you're raising your cortisol, like you're physically making changes in yourself, right? That exacerbate the symptomology that you're feeling. So coming into this and understanding that, yes, some things are are going to change. Some things are going to change no matter what. We're all getting older and that's just the way life is. But also knowing that there's still like so much you can do. And I think that's one of the benefits of the show is having on these women who who are accomplishing so much, you know, you have the, the Leah Goldsteins that are like winning race across America at 52. And not, not that you have to do that, but just knowing that it's not the end of the line and that sure it's a tunnel and it can be kind of dark at times and it can be a little scary that there's light on the other side of it. And that there's many things that you can do to work with your physiology as it's changing and you can find a community. And I really encourage, I think that's one of the nice things about the hit play, not pause group is that, everybody is so supportive within it. So you can come there and be like, okay, like here's where I am. And I, I, how have you all sort of gotten through this hurdle, you know, and people are like, well, you know what? I was down about that too, but blah, blah, blah. And it, it just like lifts each other up a little bit, but the mindset piece is really important. And that's, that goes back to what I was saying about the heavy lifting. I think that's why that's so good mentally for so many women, because irregardless of like whatever, you know, if you've put on some weight or, you know, the things that women worry about, if you can still lift something heavy off the ground, you're like, okay, like I'm, I am strong. I am powerful. I am able translate on your bike. Like just embracing the things that you can do and continuing to be curious about like 
how you can work with this changing physiology and also knowing that once you are through the postmenopause side, a lot of it settles down, like the crazy swings settle down and you come to a, a place that's a little more stable where you can, where you can like de- develop habits that you can continue for whatever, like the rest of your life. Right. I mean, that's, and I think that's a good message too. It, like a lot of the stuff is hardest for a lot of women in the transition itself. When, when, when their moods and everything are swinging so wildly along with the hormones that does tend to settle down. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't even think we've talked about uh, the, the name of the book. (laughs) I didn't mention it. Next level is the book. Yes. I was like, I guess I missed that part. Yeah. Um, nice. And it comes out with dropping today. It's it's out right now. Well, yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It's today when the podcast airs. When yeah. the podcast airs. Yes. Today <laughs> we are the, the day before. Airs. All the people yeah. that pre-ordered already have gotten it in a lot of places. Yeah, I saw that. So nice. that's, that's exciting. Um, yeah. And then if people want to find your podcast, Celine, if they don't already listen to it, it's called? Hit play, not pause. And you can find us all at feistymenopause.com. We have a newsletter that comes out every week. You can find the book there. You can find everything. That's our hub. Love it. And then if people want to just follow you, where do they follow you at? Um, You can find me at fitchick3 on Instagram and fitchick Celine Yeager on Facebook. But I put everything through Feisty Menopause too at this point. So that is a good hub to find me. Well, not your bike rides. Yeah, no, that's true. I, you want to find my bike rides. You can, you can find, find your custom in. bike on yeah. your personal yes. Instagram account. Yes, my and my nice. Instagram famous bike is on uh, FitChick3. Okay. Well, are you available today to be Christy's vagina agent? <laughs> I am. Let me know. <laughs> Christy has all her female appointments today. <laughs> I have all my female. Yeah, I'm going to go see my doctor today. Like here in like 30 minutes. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us at the last minute, Celine. I'm excited for people to read the book. And if they're not following the community to, to you might see, you'll see me in there as well. I'm in there off and on. So thank you. You have been listening to the girls gone gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at live feisty media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast and be sure to follow us at girls gone gravel on Instagram or Facebook.